Hello, thank you for tuning in to Defropology, brought to you by Radio DePaul, where this week we will be talking about Mormonism, more specifically, Midwest uh, Mormonism. Yeah, and I want to focus on the Midwest because that's where we are, obviously, but also, like, people always say, like, oh, all the Mormons are, like, out in Salt Lake City or, like, out in Utah and Colorado and wherever else, right? But it is pretty common here, and there's also a lot of a lot of Mormon history in the Midwest that I didn't know about. And a fun fact is that Dallin Weeks, the bassist and singer for I don't know how, but they found me, was actually born in Missouri and grew up Mormon in Salt Lake City. But I thought that was interesting. At least that's what it says on MormonWiki.com. For wow. Him. <laughs> so yeah, when when I found out there was a Mormon Wiki, I kind of laughed. <laughs> They used a really unflattering photo of him too. It made me kind of sad, but it was it was a really detailed entry with like a lot of stuff. Maybe, I wonder if he got excommunicated, and that's why they put an unflattering picture. Last stuff about the Brobex. He wouldn't be on the Mormon wiki if he were excommunicated. I don't think. Oh, maybe not. Yeah, maybe you're right. No idea. <laughs> but did you want to do your fun fact? Yeah, of the sure. Week? So my fun fact of the week is um, I realized that all of my like, like electives so because i have a concentration all the classes in the concentration are all basically going to be downtown at the loop sad face frowny face and i looked at my course court for next quarter like what i can take and only one of them is in person and like one's like zoom meeting online and one's completely async oh interesting so i'm like here we yeah. go <laughs> my fun fact is that by the time you guys are listening next week i'll have signed up for my last classes at depaul next term are you sad or happy or a mix of both? It's a mixed bag. It depends on the hour. <laughs> Relatable. So, but going back to Mormons in the Midwest, the first thing I found out when I was like poking around on this topic was an article from the KBIA, which is the Columbia, Missouri branch of NPR. Uh, it's an article from 2012 that sums up the Midwestern Mormon or like the the war between Missouri and Mormons. It states that the founder of the religion, Joseph Smith, claimed that the Garden of Eden was in what is now Jackson County, Missouri. And a bunch of Mormons lived there in the early days of the religion until 1838 when the Mormon-Missouri War happened. The governor of the state at the time made the proclamation that Mormons needed to be, quote, exterminated or driven from the state which is like such a breach of religious freedom even if it's against a religion that I'm not necessarily partial to I think that's still pretty gross yeah I would agree yeah and so of course Mormons pushed back on this because again religious freedom is important and it's kind of a microcosm of the civil war with Missouri on the western frontier, the Mormons typically came from the north, while others like moved from the south to Missouri. And so there are a bunch of differences in opinions there on Civil War topics, but also on the topic of religion. So tensions ensue. And then at some point, uh, Joseph Smith was exiled. He lived in Illinois for a while and eventually died of a gunshot wound in Carthage, Illinois. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. There were, I think, 20 deaths total during the Mormon Missouri War. 
and a mm. good handful of injuries. And at one point, there was this big election over whether or not they should allow Mormons in Missouri, and people were trying to block Mormons from voting, and that was one of the big parts of it. Wow. Yeah. Um. So the LSD fandom from this is for them. After the war, many Mormons came to Iowa, specifically in Lee County. The governor at the time, Robert Lucas, was sympathetic to their plights. About a decade later, Brigham Young led the Saints through Iowa, starting from Nauvoo, Illinois. Um, Nauvoo? Nauvoo. I have no idea. Yeah. Founding Garden Grove, Mount Pisgah, which is now Fair, Iowa, and then Canesville, now Council Bluffs, and eventually Winter Quarters, Nebraska, which is pretty close to Omaha. I put it on Google Maps, and there, over 100 days of travel are now a six-hour drive with some tolls, which... I'm trying to imagine like a hundred days of travel compared to a six hour drive now. Like that's crazy. Just they thinking said about that, that uh, part of why it took so long was because of like weather difficulties. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But also like the days before cars were pretty miserable. I could imagine. Yeah. By 1850, Potawatomi County. Potawatomi. Okay. Yeah. I had it right. I just didn't say it as fluently as you did. Yeah. <laughs> Where Canesville is located was the sixth most popu- populous country in the state. County, sorry. I, I typed that wrong. Oh, county. That's so sad. <laughs> but eventually in 1852, Brigham Young put more effort into getting people to Salt Lake City, Utah. A handful of Mormons stayed in Iowa, and a good amount of missionaries made their way through Iowa every now and again. The article I'm referencing says that by 1930, there was branches of the LSD Church in Amos. LDS. LDS. Latter-day Saints. I keep saying LSD. Like, when I see LDS, I'm used to seeing, like, thinking of LSD because of that. Like, so no, it's, I need this a, like, is not the Lakeshore <laughs> Drive Church. <laughs> yeah. LDS. LDS. The LDS Church in Ames, Boone, Davenport, and how do you say the city? Sioux City. Sioux City? Okay. I was about to say something completely wrong. By the 1960s, where branches in Des Moines and Cedar Rapids. Des Moines? Oh my god. Day Moines. <laughs> I was close I'm again. Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean Iowa You set me up having the non Iowans say the Iowa names. <laughs> well, I mean a lot of Iowa names are Native American names too. And I think a lot of it, they're just aren't as familiar to a lot of people. Yeah. And then finally, from my research, an interesting thing is in 2003, a statue was put up of Brigham Young. And if you don't know who he is, he's like uh, Joseph Smith's successor in the founding of Mormonism. Mm. Uh, There's a statue of him up in Council Bluffs at the Canesville Tabernacle. So I don't know, new road trip idea just dropped. Mm. (laughs) I've never spent a lot of time in Southern Iowa, like at all, really. So that would be interesting. I haven't been to a lot of Illinois too, so I kind of need to branch out, you know? Yeah, I think there's sort of that corner where Missouri, Illinois, and Iowa meet. There's a good amount of Mormons, because that's kind of where Nauvoo is. Okay. And then there's a good handful in Keokuk, Iowa, which is like the southeast corner. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. But as of today, or at least as of uh, 2014, the Pew Research Center states that there's about less than 1% Mormons in both Iowa and Illinois. In Missouri, it's like exactly 1% is how it's listed, which is really interesting. There are eight administrative buildings for the LDS Church in Iowa, and then 12 in Illinois, 
seven of which are in the Chicagoland area. Mm. So now we're going to go into some of the Mormon doctrines. These are not all the doctrines. These are just the ones I found very interesting and kind of took note of. So one, this is from history.com, but there's going to be other stuff referenced throughout this. So one is eternal marriage. Um, from a James C. Duke article explaining what this was exactly, eternal marriage promotes that marriage will last from this lifetime to beyond. However, if your partner dies, then you can have another eternal marriage partner. The difference between marriage in the LDS church and other religions is that this marriage will last to the next life as well if all the Mormon covenants are followed. So before you can get your uh, marriage sealed or like approved, you have to show that you're meeting the Mormon um, covenants. So Mormon fundamentalists also follow this with plural marriage, but are not affiliated with the LDS church. Um, Mormon Wiki also says a man... um, Oh, this is a different um, doctrine that got, like, moved for some reason. So, like, another thing they believe in is the highest level of salvation, which, according to the Mormon Wiki, this is by continuously believing in God and receiving your blessings, you'll reach exaltation? Exaltation? Exaltation, okay. Exaltation is when Mormons can become gods themselves in the afterlife and increase in power forever. Which, uh, this is interesting because a lot of other religions that, like, would be viewed as, like, blasphemy to compare yourself to God... Or that you can become a god. So mm-hmm. I found that very interesting. Like in Mormon, that that's a belief. Yeah. And I don't know. A lot of the like really big controversial beliefs of Mormonism are about like what happens after you die. Yeah. Too. Like they're really selling you a big promise. Yeah. So this next one is a very controversial thing. So this is baptism for the dead. So the BBC in 2009 wrote an article that says a living person is baptized in the place of someone who has died, especially if they're like um, one of your ancestors or people who never got to hear about the Mormon faith. While most faiths believe it's what you do in the life that count, Mormons believe if you by proxy baptize someone, then their soul can hear Jesus's words and can reject or accept the Mormon faith in the afterlife. They have built the largest genealogical database in the world for this purpose. Many faiths have complained that religious figures or leaders of other faiths were by proxy baptized against their will. The LDS Church agreed to not baptize any Holocaust victims unless their family submitted them to be baptized. I mean, didn't they do that with, like, a lot of um, celebrities, too? Like, at one point I heard that, like, the LDS Church tried to, like, post-mortem baptize Elvis or something. Yeah, they ba- they ba- basically baptize everyone unless, like, you're f- unless you, like, throw a stink up about it, they're going to mm. baptize you. But their, their, their thing is, hey, you can, in the afterlife, you'll hear us when we baptize you and you can still reject it. Like that's 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 their that's their like disclaimer is but how has anybody it. rejected it according to them? They're probably like probably not you know knowing them, but right. that's that's what they use as their like get out of jail free card. So um, <sighs> I think a lot of people also hear about Mormonism because of like I think there's like this misconception that um more, like mainstream Mormons still practice polygamy because of reality TV like Sister Wives. That's the fundamentalist Morgan's that um more sorry I keeps only saying Morgan. Mormon sex. So poly- polygamy or plural marriage is having more than one wife. Not practiced by mainstream today. It is the belief that the more wives you have, the closer to God you were, or like the closer mm. to the divine you became. So like a lot of Mormons, it was mostly like Mormon leaders are like not like when Mormon when mainstream Mormonism did practice this, only about thirty percent of Mormons actually had multiple wives too. And you know if this has anything to do with like pronatalist rhetorics like we were talking about a couple of weeks ago or is it mostly just like a 
more wives the better not necessarily more kids the better um I would say it's a mixed bag because mm. people who have more wives tend to have a large families too that's the thing and also I'm not sure if this okay I'm not putting this in Mormonism but I did read a thing researching last that one of the things was you're supposed to only have um intercourse if it's for procreation and I'm, I think that I'm not a fundamentalist. That I think that's a fundamentalist Mormon belief. I'm not trying yeah. to get this mixed up with the LDS Church, but some Mormons do believe that. So there are Mormons well, who are and very also that you have to be like married before you, yeah, even like you know, yeah, do anything. <laughs> so they have a doctrine called the Word of Wisdom that states no alcohol, no tobacco, no tea, no coffee, no recreational drugs, and sparingly eating meat. There's a coffee waiting for me right outside of the studio, too. <laughs> I couldn't do, like, three of the things on this list. Yeah. I need meat, I need tea, and I need coffee. Tea and coffee are essential. Yeah. Do you want to do the next two? Oh, sure. Uh, one of their tenets is in fasting. So one Sunday a month they call Fasting Sunday. Mormons are encouraged to skip two meals that day and pray like more than usual and then the fasting and prayer in tandem is supposed to like build up their spiritual strength I've always had a weird feeling about fasting rituals but that's just like personally like I get it if you do it like cause I know my friend is uh, my best friend growing up was Muslim so they just fasted during the day and then they ate their meals at night like I understood that because you're like as long as you're eating sometime during the day like, do you know what I mean? Like, sometime you're eating, like, I don't know. Like, I At still... At you're getting food. Yeah, it still worries me a bit, but, like, as long as you're taking... I know you're taking care of yourself, then I'm not saying anything. <laughs> yeah. I just... I can't imagine being, like, a young girl, like, having, like, body issues and then also being asked to fast. It kind of... Yeah. It depends on what the religion is and, yeah, the like, reason. all these other factors, yeah. right? But another... And then the final tenet before we cut to our ad break is blood atonement. So those who commit eternal sins will be killed or sacrificed in a way that their blood will spill on the ground as a way of offering so they aren't uh, doomed to hellfire. Uh, the current LDS church doesn't endorse this doc doctrine, but there are still, like again, more like extreme, more like, fundamentalist alt-right sectors that do this. Yeah, there's two fun facts about this. One is that... Um, this is the doctrine that inspired the death penalty. Oh, Fun cool. fact. And also, like, back in the day, if you're from Utah, they'll ask you if you believe in this doctrine to get you in the jury or not for a death penalty sentence. Because if you, they believe in this, they think you're too religious to be on, like, the, the mm. stand for that. So That's scary. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah. So we're going to be playing. Um, for this week, your song of the week is Paranoia by Spencer Sutherland. And... You're going to hear a quick ad. So see you soon. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about the controversy of polygamy. So all this information is coming from PBS. Um, it was publicly promoted by the LDS Church from 1852 to 1890. The first promotion of polygamy in Mormonism comes from the founder of Mormonism in 1831. This came after he studied the Old Testament prophets and began wondering about their practice of having multiple wives. While married to his first wife, Emma Smith, he would later secretly marry many women, around 30 to 40, some already being married to other men. So, which is, this practice is polyandrous. This is when a woman is married to multiple men at the same time. 
Emma Smith would confront her husband about infidelity, but is believed he stated he never committed adultery because he was married to the other wives as well. So how could it be infidelity? <laughs> she would condemn the practice of polygamy and threaten her husband with divorce. They would somewhat reconcile. It is believed that she did not know the full extent of his secret marriages. She only found out about one of them, and that's because he married the housekeeper who was like 17 or 18 at the time. She's young. Oh. She was young. Oh, no. Like, very, she was, he was older. Put it like that. In 1855, it would, um, sorry, in 1856, it would be condemned by the Republican Party. You guys need to remember the context. This is the Lincoln Republican Party, like, before the Democrats and Republicans reversed their politics. Along with, they would um, reject polygamy along with slavery as twin relic of barbarism. They saw plural marriage as a form of white slavery of a white woman. Like, they believed Mormonism was just, at this time, they saw Mormonism as sexist. So they didn't believe that women could consent to being multiple wives, is how they saw it. What's sexism in 1856? Yeah. I guess that's the line in the sand. Yeah. In 1862, polygamy was formally criminalized by the Morrill the moral Act. Through President Lincoln did not enforce the provisions as he was busy with the Civil War. He was quoted saying Mormons were like a log, too hard to split, too wet to burn, and too heavy to move. I would say that's true today, to be honest. Yeah. Post-Cold War, there was a refocus on criminalizing polygamy. Many faithful Mormons used polygamy as a rallying cry and argued that they should, not, they should not follow man's law, but follow God's law. U.S. makers would make the Emmett Act, which made unlawful cohabitation illegal and took away the right to vote from those that practiced plural marriage. Is that the same act that, like, uh, like unmarried women can't live together? Or is that something different? I think that might be, like, a Chicago City... Yeah, I think they might have. Pra- I think they might have took inspiration from that. Is my Which guess. came first? Yeah, we'll have to look that up later. Yeah, 1884 with the conviction of Roger Clawson started a 12-year period remembered as the Raid, where thousands of Mormons were arrested for polygamy. In 1887, the Edmunds Tucker Act began with disincorporating the Mormon Church and seizing its assets. In 1890, the Mormon Church officially renounced polygamy due to fear of all temples being destroyed. A manifesto was made in 1904 stated that the Mormons practicing polygamy would be excommunicated from the church. Due to the church's changing position, the, the U.S. gave seized assets back and welcomed Utah into the Union in 1896, which I think is hilarious. A whole state was almost not administered into the Union because of polygamy. That is so funny. That is so funny. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Utah is kind of like a Florida 2.0 and we just don't talk about it enough. I think it's because we see Florida as, like, all sun, so we think, like, all the crazy stuff happens in the sun, but, like, and still, like, cities, like, in the snow. So I've I think... heard that um, it's just, like, down to different states' reporting laws. That's so, true. So, like, yeah, yeah. every state has, like, tons and tons of Florida men, and you just don't hear about them. That makes sense. Whereas Florida, like, will report on anything. <laughs> A lot of people don't talk, but, like, even in Georgia, like, all their court cases are open. Like, Georgia has mm. crazy court cases. No one talks about it all the time. So, yeah. Um, sorry. Due to the church's changing position, they were welcomed to the unit in 1896. The manifesto has never been described as a revelation, but has been the church's position for the past hundred years. There is still a group of Mormons practicing polygamy, though they are not officially accepted by the Mormon church and are known as funda- fundamentalist Mormons. There are, so if you've heard of Sister Wives... The show, that's what they are. They are fundamentalist Mormons. It's this guy who has three wives. I'm not going to go too far, but I do think it's funny that out of his four wives, 
He's only married to one now. All three left him within the span of the last two years, and one of them left the Mormon faith, and she said she's only entering monog- monogamous relationships because he favored the, the newest wife over the other three. Well, I know. I want to know, like, what are your thoughts on this? Like, I know I'm, I wouldn't want to be... On polygamy? So, um, I'm open to polyam- like polyamory, but this is a thing I would never want to um, walk into a situation where I was the new partner... But also, mm-hmm. I'm not a woman. Like, I could totally see, like, for why a woman would not want to enter this type of thing. Because if you're having multiple kids, a man, no matter how, like, how much money you have, you can't give a good childhood to that many children. If you're having a lot of children with all these wives, you're going to be a neglectful father and husband at some point. Like, if you have that many wives or, like, it's just, just, even if you don't mean to be, you're just, even if you have the best intentions, it's just going to happen, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't really like the idea of, like, an imbalance like that. Yeah, I don't, but I also don't like the idea of people saying monogamy is the only answer because I think open relationships or, It's got to be the, you know, the Switzerland method where, like, if you get a cat, you have to get two cats. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that, you know? (laughs) It's got to stay balanced. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the Mormon Mormon missionaries? Oh, gosh. (laughs) I, I grew up having... Like missionaries knock on the door. I don't know if they were like specifically Mormons though. Mm. Or oh, could have been Jehovah's Witnesses. Did you guys? Too. Oh, totally. Did you guys have? Um, we did, but they stopped coming after like a bit because we lived yeah. in a really big townhouse community. So I guess they weren't getting a lot of answers. Because <laughs> mm. I remember like after middle school, not really ever noticing them come by, but in 2013, the LDS Church announced that they would be that they would be cutting down on the practice of sending Mormons to, like, knock on people's door to try to convert them. And this is due to the number of threats church members have received, including guns being pulled and pointed at them. <clears throat> now they're focusing most of their mission on social media and on the Mormon church website to get people who might already have an interest in Mormonism, because go- going digital is the answer, even in religion. Yeah. It, it is true. There's, I think every church has a website at this point. A lot, why not? Every big church has like a live stream. Although, 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 Dallin Weeks did his uh, Mormon missionary stuff in Oklahoma for like two years. Mm, okay. And that was in like the like late 90s or early 2000s. I don't know. I wouldn't mind if he knocked on my door. <laughs> I wasn't alive, but you know, I wouldn't complain. A lot of them are kind of cute, to be honest. Mormons. <laughs> we were we were talking about this because we were looking through the uh, Latter Day Saints Church in Chicago. One of their programs is that you can like sign up to like walk into the church with a, one of the missionaries, so you're not going alone. And uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I was a little starstruck by one of them. <laughs> like, if they're trying to convert us, we can try to convert them too. It's yep, just a, yeah, it's the just only, a game of chess. The only issue is they don't like uh people that much so i don't think i would be welcomed with open arms I, i'd be like i'd be you, there one day you'll be, never know i'm like the most obvious flaming <laughs> no but you never know like who in the which altar boy you know <laughs> grew up into okay. being something a little different so yeah <laughs> oh my god so I didn't think we'd have, uh, well, we have like about a minute left. So is there anything else you want to say about this episode before we go into our introduction? Uh, I don't know. I, I wanted to do a little bit more research on like Illinois Mormonism specifically because I wonder mm. like what percentage of Chicagoans are like actual 
Like actual Mormons. Uh, if you are a Mormon and you go to DePaul, please email us. We want to hear your story and we want to hear about like your belief in your faith. Like we were very interested, not in like a mocking way, but genuinely interested. Yeah, I knew exactly like one Mormon kid in high school. Mm. I don't think I've ever met anybody Mormon like after that. Oh, my brother-in-law is a non-practicing Mormon. Oh, huh. Like, because it seems something that's really common, but I think a lot of like casual Mormons don't really talk about it because they know a lot of people aren't. Yeah. And I, I have mixed feelings on it, but I have mixed feelings about every religion, so. Mm. But our email, though, by the way, is deathropology at gmail.com. Our Instagram and Tumblr are deathropology, and that is D A T H R O P O L O G Y, or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this week. <coughs> yes. Next week, we will be talking about organ donation if you're interested. Yes. And I had a clerical issue last week, so I will be uploading last week's episode on the Unification Church later tonight. And then on, I think, Sunday, Jeffrey will be uploading this episode that we're talking about right now. Yeah. See you guys soon. Thank you for listening. <laughs>